Welcome, everybody, to the latest episode of The Specifist. Um, going into the cycles of life on this one, in different ways, so the title of this episode is going to be very uh, strong, it's going to stick out. Because I want you to think about this. And I wanted you to think about this in like a depressive way. Like, oh no, I'm going to die. And I'm going to one day no longer be able to do this. And stuff like this. Um, That's not what this is about, right? If you find yourself doing this, you can ask yourself, what, what is causing me to do this? What is causing this emotion? Uh, what meaning... Am I putting upon this death thing? Um, Because in reality, when people contemplate their death, they don't really contemplate it in this way that I'm going to be explaining here. Most of the time when I I hear people talk about dying, uh, they like to talk about it in like a sad way. Like, oh, I, I know somebody who died and I died and or I could die and things like this, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but if we're going to get to really understand the cycles of life, we have to contemplate this in a more objective manner, which is why I'm making this episode. Um, so... What is death, really? Um, There's a couple things you could say. Some people think that death equals non-existence. Um, Some people think that you, when you die, physically die, you don't actually die. That you go on somewhere else and your body is the only thing that dies. Right? There's different theories about this. There's different theories about this, but this is not what we're talking about. We don't want to go into it from this standpoint, honestly. We want to try and do this from a cycles of life standpoint. What do we know about death? All we really know is that the body dies. We don't know what happens afterwards. Um, And so what we have to do, what we have to learn how to do is to Think about this. Like, what happens if I die? Um, not ha- what happens if I die. But, like, you basically think about the fact that you are going to die. Um, there's different ways of doing this as well. They're also very interesting. Um, there was one technique type thing that was uh, something that I discovered from, I think it was some Buddhist teacher, which was basically... If you have an object, if you have a phone or whatever it is, become aware of the fact that this thing will break one day, right? No longer be uh, what it is now. It'll be it'll be broken. 
it'll no longer function, whatever, right? And this kind of thing. The point really is to kind of get us to understanding death and the function of death and how it works in different ways. You know, but the mind has a meaning about death. Like, oh, death shouldn't be happening. Like, I shouldn't. Ha- I want to live forever, whatever. Um, you know, things like this. Like, it's not fair that people die and, and stuff like this, right? Um. So what would happen if that's true? Like, what would happen if nobody could die? Nothing could die anywhere. Um, there's an episode. Forget which, um, what was it, what it was called, but it was really interesting. It's from uh, uh, Star Trek: The Original Series, where there was basically a society, a civilization that were made up of people who couldn't literally couldn't die right and they could they they didn't have a way of dying and so they needed one of the one of the cast members one of the uh person one of the people within the ship to uh because they have had a certain illness at one point that could help them die um i forget who it was might have been captain kirk or something but it was really interesting when I read, when I saw this episode because you know you don't really think about like what it, what what would happen if nobody could die. Nobody thinks about this really, like because it's almost like death is. Uh, put behind a wall like there's a an attempt by society nowadays to put death behind a wall that's why you have closed caskets and things like this um and not see it why what is causing this and what is the what is the consequence of this what does this do to you now, my theory, and this is just a theory, I've had some experience to back this up, you know, using my NESI access, but that's just, basically have some experience in, back, in backing this up. But basically, my, my theory is that if you know about something, you cannot be overwhelmed by it. But because we don't see it, uh, we don't think about it. We don't contemplate it. It overwhelms us. Right. Um, this, is, this is something you can dispute, whatever. It doesn't really matter. Because honestly, I don't, I'm not 100% sure about it myself. But this is something that I would argue for and would uh, strive to tell you to test for yourself. 
Whatever it is that you get overwhelmed by, what is it? Why? What would happen if you focused on this thing more often and, and became more conscious of the thing itself that overwhelmed you? What would happen? You know, test this out. I want you to test this stuff out. Like, none of this episode, none of these episodes, I'd, I want to, like, just give you, like, ideas and stuff and you just believe me and you need the ideas. I want you to test these things out for yourself. Anyways, that's a separate point. So anyways, we keep all this stuff behind a wall. We keep murderers locked behind a wall, the idea of murder. And things like this, which makes it less likely to really see what's really going on here. Um, I'm not, I'm not saying about prison. I'm not talking about like, oh, the prison is the wall in this particular case. It's more about what happens. Um, we don't really contemplate these types of things. Uh, we don't have a whole lot of society that's dedicated to exploring why murder happens. What is causing murder? Really? What, it, what, it, what is the difference between me, you, if you're not a murderer, and a murderer? What's the difference, right? Uh, it's an interesting question um, that, like, nobody answers. Nobody knows the answer to because nobody's comp- contemplated this. Nobody's thought about this. And nobody's talked about this publicly for the world to understand, right? And so... When it finally happens, you will be overwhelmed by it because you're not contemplating it. You're not seeing it. Um, By the way, that doesn't mean that you won't be stressed by it, but stress is not overwhelm. Um, Stress or strain, uh, which is basically the same thing, but in a different context. But strain or stress is not overwhelm. Overwhelm is when the strain and stress becomes too much for the person. Um, so it's almost like you build a tolerance towards these things in a way. It's a way of explaining it. It's not like you're intentionally trying to suffer more, but it's you're intentionally trying to become more aware of the things that would make you suffer more and understanding them and contemplating them and things like this. Um, and this is perhaps a deep fundamental episode for, or a topic for another episode, but, uh, because we do this, we because, we, well, Sorry, um, this is this is uh, kind of a topic for another episode. I had to back up there because I didn't say it right. But anyways, this is a, um, um, and the basically the topic would be like, because we, as society, in many ways, uh, gets kind of stuck in this like self help culture of like happiness is everything. What I'd like to call a toxic positivity. We 
aren't aware of these things. And so they happen. Bam! You know. Um, and one thing I like to, like to contemplate and think about too is like what would it be like in certain areas, in certain cultures? Like for instance, uh, to give you a moderately good example, this might not be a very good example. This is just something I've I've watched from movies and stuff on this. But like, imagine being in like a stage red culture, and everybody in around you is is trying to one up everyone else, and they're more violent, and they're like. Oh, for one and one for all kind of thing. Or not what no, not one for all, sorry. One for oneself, right? What what is the result? What is the result of this? Um and the result is very obvious if you think about it. And that result there there could be a couple of results, honestly. And this is where we get into how why spiral dynamics is not as simple as saying that stage red is bad or whatever and trying to stop stage red from happening or any of these spirals because when you're involved in a situation like that there's basically two things to do fight become loyal to the one of those people that hopefully will protect you because they know that you were loyal to them or find a way of hiding, staying invisible. Because it's not about what you'd like to do. It's not about what you would want to happen in these kinds of situations or in any situation. It's about what you would do to survive, to physically survive. So, another example is imagine that you're living in a desert, right? Imagine that you and many others are living in a desert. And it's extremely difficult to find water and shelter and food and things like this. So, what would you do? How would you deal with this? If you were born in this situation, right? Um, because you you would have this. There'd be so little food and water and stuff like this that you would have to band together, right? Which is kind of like where the stage purple comes into play. Stage purple, stage red, and there's so little food and water that you would have to fight with other tribes to. Get this food and water, right? So, this is what I'm talking about. We don't really do this. We don't really talk about this. And because we don't, we don't understand other cultures. We don't understand what stage red is like, what stage purple is like, why they exist, what's causing them to exist. And because we don't do that, most people, and also because we don't understand spirodynamics, most people don't even know about spirodynamics. We make stupid policies that don't work. 
we make policies that cause more harm than good around the world, right? Things like this. This is why it's important to become aware of these different things and, and, and just kind of think about it in this way. You know, because it's one thing to tell yourself, like, oh, I would change in that situation. I would try to change everybody. I'd be the greatest thing they'd ever seen, this kind of thing, right? Um, you know, and this is where we get into this whole ideal versus the real, right? What is your ideal way you would act and what is the what is the most practical way of acting in these kinds of situations um that's a bit of a separate point there um and the reason why i was putting this out is because i really i really do want to do an episode on this but a separate episode on on this but uh, the reason why i'm pointing this out is because we live in a society nowadays that because of like the self-help culture exclusively, almost exclusively tries to focus on happiness. Here's how to become happy. Here's, here's how to inc- improve your self-esteem. Here's how to improve all these different things. Uh, things like this. And so because a lot of this is about focusing only or mostly on the positive, you don't see these negatives. You don't see these problems. Uh and the same thing is true with death. That's why this is related. This is why I'm just talking about that. But anyways, <laughs> that was a bit of random. It was a bit, um, not random, it was, it was very much related, but a bit too uh, multidirectional, which is where it, which, which is kind of like where extro- extroverted intuition kind of comes into play there. Um... Yeah, I'm trying to explain. I'm trying to uh, explain things through cognitive functions a little bit here. Throughout these past couple of episodes that I've done, because it's uh, very interesting. But anyways, so we basically contemplate our death, right? We pl- contemplate. We think about like uh, these things that we have, we own, and we go, and we think about. What it would be if this what what would it be like if this thing was broken? Think about it, or if this thing wasn't functioning the way it did, or at all, or whatever. Right. The point of this is not to make you sad. The point of this is not to make you suffer. It's to actually desensitize you from this suffering, because the more that you can start to become aware of this, is the more you can start to sort of build a. Build a wall, you know, <laughs> build a wall between um, you and your attachment, basically. You're basically forcing the d- detachment by creating desensitization to the attachment uh, itself, in a sense. That's, that's the best way to, to explain it for now. I'm sure I'll find better ways eventually, but basically what you're, you're doing when you're doing this is... Slowly detaching from this thing. Slowly detaching from the, uh, not from the thing itself, but from the, uh, 
the ceasing of this thing, the ending of this thing. You can do this with anything. You can do it with objects. You can do it with yourself. What would happen? Think about contemplating your, your own self dying or dead, being dead. You can think about this when it comes to your own happiness. You can think about this when it comes to you, like a job that you have right now, your money situation, your house situation, um, things like this. And the more you can kind of start to do this, is the more you can start to de, uh, de uh, or sorry, not de, destabilize, but the more you can start to kind of stabilize. Because the mind inherently is unstable because it doesn't do this. I made an episode a while back called Understanding the, uh, I think I called it like Understanding the in- Instability of the Self or something like this. And in short, basically the self is very unstable because it doesn't do this. It doesn't have this inherent stability in this way. So basically what we're trying to do is to get you closer and closer to this stability. Um, but this is still very moderately advanced, honestly, because if, you know, if, you, if I teach you this in the beginning, if you're in your beginning stages of spirituality, you're going to have emotional attachment to this. It's like, oh no, I don't want to think about that thing breaking or myself dying or whatever. Um, that would make me sad and... Well, this kind of thing. You know, become aware of that. Become aware of the emotions as well. It's a, it's really interesting. There was a, there was a video that I watched. It was a documentary. It was called "The Science of Decay" or something like, or "Afterlife: The Science of Decay." And it was basically talking about like, what happens if. Basically, the the premise of the. Uh, documentary was there they basically created a, a building a house I think it was like a glass or something but and what they did was they put a bunch of different things in this house like meats sandwiches and fruits and vegetables and stuff like this and they let it sit for like two months 56 days and they watched uh this stuff slowly decaying and stuff like this, right? This was, uh, I think it was BBC or something, but it's really interesting when I was watching this because it's like, yeah, at first you get you get the, the disgusting parts, you get the maggots and you get all these other things happening. But then it becomes, <clears throat> then you start to see that but with doing this, it creates more and more life, right? And so life and death are very much intertwined. You know, if something dies, that helps something else grow. Bacteria, uh, maggots, things like this. And eventually, if it's on the ground and whatnot, or in the ground, soil. Soil is like, from what I was, what I was, what I was saying in this documentary, I might have misunderstood, I guess. But that soil was like a lot of fungi and stuff. Soil was caused because of all these decaying things. It turned into this, right? Uh, Something along those lines. And it's really interesting when I was watching that. Because it's like, you don't really think about this. You don't really think about the process of 
dying and what happens when you die or what happens when something else is dying and decaying and stuff like this. Because we don't like typically like to think about that because it's, you know, disgusting or it's sad or whatever. But doing this and kind of researching this for yourself, you start to see the cycle of life. I start to see how it, it all is connected together. So, anyways, this is a kind of a deeper topic. And I'll talk to you on the next episode of The Specifist.